Productivity for Profit podcast for ambitious CEOs, owners, managers, and entrepreneurs. I'm Libby Knight, a productivity and time management specialist, and each week I'll be bringing you a dose of focus through fresh ideas and techniques that will save you time, prioritize results, and give you more freedom for what's important. So ask yourself this question. How will you make this year your most productive and effective ever? this two-part mini-series in which I'm highlighting some of my favourite productivity and time management habits, routines and techniques. Just like last week's tips, these ideas can be incorporated into your skill set straight away. Some will be quite natural to you and others will take longer to perfect and that's fine. As with all new habits, the more you practice, the better you'll get and soon it will become second nature. So choose those that suit the way that you learn and work and make them your own so that you can be more consistent and more effective in your business and in your personal and family life. So let's get started with your environment. Where do you do the work that requires you to be really focused? Look around you. Is it set up to support your success? Are there prompts in view that keep you motivated and remind you of your goals and priorities? Are the equipment and tools that you use on a regular basis to hand? Do you feel comfortable, relaxed, stimulated and motivated? Is it distraction free? Is the temperature set for staying alert but comfortable? Can you get fresh air in summer and add heat in winter? Are your chair and desk set at the right height? Not sure? Then Google it to find out how to ensure that your posture is maintained as you work. Is there a door that you can close to indicate that you're busy working that requires others to knock? That physical barrier sets boundaries that can be difficult to maintain in a busy household or office. And what about environmental triggers? When you work in an area with temptations in clear view, it's easy to be distracted. If you work in the kitchen or living room, for example, the call of the kettle or the TV can be hard to resist. So work in a dedicated space with limited distractions, an area or room set up to be a work environment so that even if you don't travel anywhere to a workplace, you still feel as if you're going to work. And how about those tech distractions? Put your phone on silent, face down, and out of reach so that between tasks you don't pick it up on autopilot and start scrolling before you even know what's happened. Your environment plays a significant role in your work, so optimise it for productivity. The second productivity practice I like to prioritise is ring-fencing time every week for proactive business development project tasks. However strong our desire to work on our business, 
unless we take the time to ring fence time specifically to work on our main project, the week can be over and we haven't made progress. We've been reactive to others and done the usual maintenance tasks that keep the business ticking over, but we haven't prioritised the activities that lead to up-levelling the business. So I make sure that I always have a project in progress and allocate time every week to making it happen. So look at your working week. How much time do you have? And how much time are you going to dedicate to growing and developing your business? Do you need to free up more of your time by reprioritizing or outsourcing or putting automations in place? Whatever you need to do, make sure that you're always moving the business forward or your plateau and that generally leads to frustration or apathy. Or worse still, you'll be unaware of changes in the market and get left behind or you'll lose customer interest. Keep your excitement levels and your motivation up by progressing your business, broadening your horizons and growing as a person. These all come when you're dedicated to business development, so make time for it. Have you heard the saying, a change is as good as a rest? The third subject I'd like to talk about is one of my favourites, walking and working. We know that looking after our well-being is vital to maintaining personal productivity. We know that fresh air and exercise is great for optimal health, improved circulation, mental well-being, concentration levels, the list of benefits goes on. So how can we make walking integral to our productivity and one of our most effective techniques? By walking and working. It's now believed that multitasking can be counterproductive and that it's hard to do something well if your full focus isn't on the job. However, I believe that you can get more than one thing done at once. It's all about getting the right combination. Walking and working is a great example. There are two main ways that I regularly work as I walk. The first is to utilise my walking time for analytical and creative thinking and also for planning. There are times when sitting in front of a screen or at your work desk is not the best environment for thinking through a process or brainstorming an idea and I find that rather than looking at a blank piece of paper, which frankly is not inspiring, a walk in the fresh air without distraction A clear head and the rhythm of your steps really does free up the mind to get creative or to focus on a problem. It's been my go-to solution many times when I've wanted to prepare for a client or write a podcast or a piece of content for a workshop. It doesn't take long before the block clears and the thoughts flow and you can capture those thoughts on the move by recording them on your phone. In the long run, it saves time. You create better work and at the same time, get the fresh air and exercise your body needs for peak performance. That's productive multitasking. So when you're stuck and you can't get into your flow, start the process by walking and working. Another task I do while working is to learn. If I need to listen to a piece of content, a workshop training or a course lesson in order to complete the next step of my business development plan or to progress a current project, I'll download it and listen to it as I walk. Again, I'll dictate any notes into my phone as I go so that I don't forget. 
I'm not going to be distracted by notifications or tempted to check my emails or social media while I walk. My focus will be on that audio learning. And of course, there are going to be those times when the sole purpose of walking will be to de-stress, to relax and to listen to the birds, because sometimes not working is the best thing for your productivity. Reset and you're going to be ready to hit the ground running again. My fourth solution for managing your time is all about managing expectations, your own and other people's. When it comes to managing our own expectations, I think there is a personal level that we need to determine that works for us. On the one hand, it's about challenging ourselves, breaking through our own upper limit, exceeding our own previous expectations that have perhaps held us back and not allowing other people's expectations of us, if they're not congruent with our own, to dictate to us what can be achieved. However, we do need to manage the expectations of ourselves so that we don't overestimate what's possible and raise our stress levels. That's counterproductive, and rather than motivate us to get projects flowing, it could overwhelm us and put on the brakes. So find your level. Be ambitious but also be kind to yourself and that's the way to raise your productivity. Managing our expectations of ourselves and of others helps to maintain a steady, reliable workflow and a sense of calm and security because we are confident in what's achievable. Now when it comes to managing the expectations of others, there are a couple of considerations. Firstly, start as you mean to go on. It's often better to start off with guidelines around a new working relationship than to tackle issues when they arise later. Issues around timescales, expectations, availability, yours and theirs, getting it all out on the table from the start so that both parties can agree on the expectations and boundaries of the relationship can save a lot of pain, stress and friction down the line and provides the opportunity to express your needs and hear theirs. No nasty surprises or disappointments later. It also means that you can plan better and build an effective team either internally or through outsourcing. Open and honest conversation is the foundation of a productive working relationship. Managing expectations allows you to put boundaries around your time and to set reasonable terms like response times to emails, defining what urgent really means and letting others know what they can expect from you in a way that manages the emotions of both parties. It allows you to work on your business development because you're not sabotaging your progress by being a slave to other people's agendas and timescales. It fosters a feeling of consideration and mutual respect from day one. And the same can be said for your customers and your clients. Set those boundaries, set those expectations so that you're covered and that people know what to expect. Over these two episodes, I've shared eight of my favourite daily habits and techniques that help keep me in flow and ensure that my output is consistent and that disruptions are kept to a minimum. I hope that you've found some practices that you can incorporate into your working routine to help you to do the same. So I'm Libby Knight and I help busy people in business with their strategy, their productivity and time management. 
I'll see you on the next episode of the Productivity for Profit podcast. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Productivity for Profit podcast. Why not join me in the free Facebook group, Productivity for Profit, for more tools, tips and support on your journey for mastering your productivity and time management. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you.